Hi everyone, thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Before it starts, I just thought that I should do a little introduction so that you know what the podcast is going to be all about and what inspired me. If you didn't know, my name is Chidera Orazlike and I started Inira because I wanted a platform that um, people would web guests could come and share stories life lessons and opinions i just wanted to be able to make people open their minds and think beyond surface level and i wanted to learn as well i wanted other people to be able to learn and be a part of conversations that i think would be powerful and really i just thought that some of my strengths are support and service so i was looking for something that i could put my strengths into and starting a podcast was really the first solid idea that i had so that's how it was birthed i was inspired by ted talks and the red table talk by jada pinkett smith and her daughter and her mother and i just really liked them because listening to them for even just 15 to 20 minutes could change my whole perspective on different topics and could leave me motivated and inspired for a whole day so in case you're wondering what Inyere means, it means to give an Igbo. And yeah, it does sound cliche because when I was brainstorming for a name, I just thought that it was perfect because in a way I am giving and sharing a part of myself with the world. So now you're free to continue listening to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, repost, share, rate and all of that thank you so much again for clicking on this episode and i hope you come back again to hear from me enjoy testing one two hi everyone my name is chidera razlike and welcome to my podcast in Yere, all about going behind the scenes with creatives and having powerful conversations on pressing matters Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Today, I have a guest with me. He's an amazing producer, artist, graphic designer, um, podcast host, and a Twitter juggernaut as well. Oh, God. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) A man of many names, YCG. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Thank you. Um, So what would you actually prefer me to call you? Because you have quite... A lot of names you have. Is that Sam again? Magical Sky Daddy. <laughs> then your government name, Ni. Uh, honestly, I prefer my government name. Like okay. everything else is just, I guess, just like modes of just things I do. But everyone I know calls me Ni, so I prefer Ni. Do the names have any histories that you like to share? Um, no. I'm just. I just like want to. I don't know. It's just what. What do I think sounds fun? Like when I made my Twitter account. Um, I was kind of an annoying dickhead, <laughs> and I guess to some people that never changed. So, you know, it is what it is. But the idea behind it was that when someone like saw my tweets, they just get like frustrated that I was on the TL again. And at okay. the time, <laughs> like people were calling me Samuel, so oh, it's that Sam again. Like that was how that came around. Okay. YCG was just I was thinking of the most nonsensical name I could think of, and Young Clap God was just something that I was like, yeah, that makes like it's a childish name. It makes no sense. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool, I'll run with that. Magical Sky Dad is just another name for God, oh, which okay. I just... So just like every once in a while, I just think of something that's like, okay, that's a cool thing. And then that becomes the name. But obviously, like, names have power. So yeah. now, like, even if it's not a serious thing to me, 
like now I have to be YCG because yeah. I've decided to call myself that. Definitely. So does YCG have any special meaning to you? No, like not at all. It's just <laughs> a name that I pulled out of a hat somewhere. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, why why did you start making music? Hmm. How like how deep like do you want to go into this? I want to know all the details. All right. So, um, we never like my parents don't play music like at home. Are you like none of them. Yeah, I oh. did not grow up around music in it. Like I did a few piano lessons like growing up because my Same mom thought here. that was yeah, <laughs> you know, just for the you know, for the sake of being well rounded. But yeah. there was no music played in my house, like outside maybe gospel music on Sundays. Wow. So that was so zero like zero initiation into music through my parents. It was when I got the internet, I think the internet slash just like moving away to boarding school and yeah. being able to watch like popular Guessing TV and all that. Freedom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so that was how I started to get into rap specifically, but also into like other genres, so metal. Um yeah. I had a, a huge alternative phase, so AWOL Nation, Foster the People, Cage the Elephant, like all of that. So would you and classify your genre as metal and alternative? No, nah, I rap. Okay. Like I have no I have no problems like boxing myself. I don't okay. even think it's a box. Like there's so much you can do Definitely. within rap itself. But like as I kind of and I've always been a writer. So as yeah. I started to listen to more and more rap music, specifically Earl Sweatshirt, Kendrick Lamar, like artists who, when they write, yeah. it's a powerful thing. It made me feel like, okay, I want to channel this into music. And that was kind of where that synthesis like began. That's, That's where everything else like, came out from. That's amazing. Thank you. Do you have a songwriting process? Um, It depends on what kind of song I'm writing. So if I'm writing a song like, sensational for instance or a song like zero dark 30 it's just something that is not as content driven yeah. it's usually like i have one punchline that i want to use and so i'll make an entire song just around that so like in sensational for instance literally like the whole song came about because one the beat is um it's a sample of uh it's using the same sample as the beat that one of my favorite rappers used like three yeah. or four years ago and i've always wanted to just rap over the beat wow. so that's how the beat came along but the lyrics, I literally just wanted to say I woke up inside a walls like a titan. And that's where the whole song just like came from, just because I wanted to use one punchline. If it's a song like Incognito, where I'm actually trying to talk about something, yeah. then it becomes, how do I... And I guess it will sound kind of weird, because when, at least from the artists that I've, I've spoken to, when they make songs that have quote-unquote like emotional grounding or whatever, yeah. they're always trying to make other people feel something and i've never cared about that like if you listen to it and it moves you emotionally yeah. that's great but yeah. you weren't on my mind when i made the song so, what so it was, was like your, your um aim when you made the song i was going through like something had happened that triggered like a lot of emotions like not even emotions trauma would probably be the more accurate oh, word wow. and it was and it was trauma that like i hadn't addressed because i'd never had to address it in my adulthood yeah. like just nothing had happened that attached itself to that to, exactly yeah. but yeah. this one thing happened and all of a sudden it almost like wiped like the the conception of who i was from myself because wow. it's like oh these things that i thought i you know i'd worked through i haven't even begun to touch them and so it was like getting just like navigating my own i guess like my own shapelessness yeah. and that's how incognito came about so it's either like it's caused by a real life thing wow. or it's just oh I just want to make something and so I make something. Wow. 
I would have never imagined that. So, do you do the beats before you write the lyrics, or whichever comes first, and then you just work on that? Um, you, it's usually beats before lyrics, just because I never know how I'm going to say it. I know what I want to say, but until I have the beat in front of me, yeah, I don't entirely know. Okay, this is the pocket I'm working in, so I'm going to have to word it slightly differently, or oh, I want to do this verse in one take because that allows you to. Because if I'm writing it with the intention of doing it in one take, it's going to be written in a way that gives me room to breathe. So, like, Incognito, all the songs on Incognito are, like, one take, one take, one take. Nothing is, like... I didn't punch in twice. I didn't even record anything twice. Wow. Every song on Incognito is, like, it's, that's the first time I did it, that's the last time I did it. One, two, three, like, out like that. So, I need to know what's the framework I'm working in. Yeah. And then I can tell myself, okay, if this is the framework, then I can shove in, you know, a double time here, or I can, you yeah. know do something just like really silly and stretch out this one line across the whole song like i need to know what's i almost like i need to know what my box is yeah before what the shape of like the container is before yeah. i can decide like how the, i'm going to the beat is the skeleton and then your the lyrics that you prepare the flesh and the skin basically well so you learn to make beats and produce by yourself yeah would you say that it requires talent or it was an acquired skill Oh, definitely an acquired skill. Like I, I'm not, I'm not someone who believes in talent. Like, are you serious? No. Why? Everything, everything I do now, I had to work to do it. I mm. didn't, I didn't just start like writing well. Yeah. I, I think even like even my mom used to read to me a lot when I was little. Apparently, like I used to make her read to me. <laughs> so that that was how like I started being into literature and reading. And when you read, you become a better writer. Like no one's just definitely. born like writing great. So. You know, I had to read to learn to write. I went through lots of writing courses, creative writing, another writing in general, just to fill out like my own thing. Yeah. Um, with rap, it's just it's it's an acquired. You learn to rap. You rap better as you continue rapping because you get to understand what your voice is, yeah. which tempos, which flows work best for you. All of that. Same thing with beats. My first beats were absolutely trash. <laughs> like, but I guess I was fortunate enough that I had enough understanding of other things musically outside yeah. it because i'd already been engineering and rapping and yeah. when you bring that into the context of production it's like you already understand one how my, i understand how my voice works so i'm picking sounds with my voice already in mind yeah. i'm mixing these beats knowing where my voice sits in like frequency ranges and all of that yeah. so the, like that finished product is going to be better because i already know how to yeah you I guess, to like, fit yourself exactly but at the end of the day, like, it's still, yeah, it's a lot of, and even now, like, I feel every time I get to a certain point where, like, okay, I, I know what I'm doing producing, yeah. I'll see something, I'll hear something that just makes me reevaluate everything. It's yeah. like, whoa, I could have been doing this so, like, I could be doing so much more yeah. with this. So it's, it's all, it's all, like, acquired. It's all acquired. So for people that are trying to do that, do you have any advice for them? Do it. <laughs> like just do, do it. go out and like and as we as we speak right now like i've decided i want to uh, i want to take up like videography like film yeah like, that's so cool i want to start like putting visuals out and yeah. so i have a little camcorder that i bought you know like nothing it's nothing crazy but like yeah. start just go out and start it like there's no Definitely. everything's on the internet now like you can learn mm -hmm. anything and everything off the internet so the tools are there mm -hmm. the the resources are there the education is there Go out and do it. People really like fantasize about their ideas and like um, what's the word? They 
glorify it but they aren't actually prepared to take that step to actually do it and i think that's that's really important because it's very easy to just sit down and say okay i'm going to do this but then you keep procrastinating and then you never actually get it done i think it's because people don't like the the learning phase Mm -hmm. especially especially when and i know that's how it was for me with learning to produce because rap kind of just always came easy because again like i'd already been writing like long before i started rapping so rap always just kind of came easy yeah production was the first time i sat it took me it took me three years i think i started i started learning how to produce when i was 15 i didn't get a grip on it until like eight like 19 Mm. i didn't like i didn't get the like a good like a beat i was like okay i can use this Mm. till i was like 19 yeah. And even when Somnus came out, like, I'd only been producing for six months, like, properly by the time Somnus came out. Mm. But again, just, like, knowing all the other things going into it helps. But if you're not willing to fail, if you're not willing to look like, I'm, my yeah. part, is this going out to, like, anyone professional so I know if I'm allowed to, like, curse or not? Oh, we're family friendly. <laughs> okay. All right. Like, no one, everyone's afraid to look stupid yeah. by not being good at something. Yeah. And so it's a lot easier to fantasize about what you could be mm-hmm. if you'd already mastered it than to, I guess, face the reality of not being good at it until yeah. you get good at it. And you can't even get the feedback until you've actually put the work out. Exactly. So if it isn't that good, you wouldn't know because... Like, if it lives if it lives and dies in your hard drive, like... Yeah. Then what was I mean, the point? Exactly. And I mean, I guess you could always get friends to look at it, but ultimately, like, there's... I, I believe if feedback is what you're looking for, yeah. the complete stranger is often mm. the best place to go mm-hmm. like, if the feedback you're looking for isn't technical mm. and if it is if you can find a stranger who has that technical knowledge that's probably even the best place to get feedback yeah. because not only will they tell you what they think they can also tell you what's wrong with it on a craft level mm-hmm. and then you can go back and workshop with that so how long do you believe that people should plan before they actually go forward because i don't think it's really good to over plan because then you could spoil a lot of the the fun within the project that you're doing mm-hmm. so how, uh, how long i'll put it this way i don't plan anything except release dates mm. when like if i'm making music and the music comes together like yeah. i didn't know incognito was going to come together the way it did it was only when i had all these songs i was like okay i could either put this out as a three song ep but that makes no sense because mm. each of these songs are like a minute long or i can combine all of this into something else and it came out the way it did. And I was like, okay, I'll just put this out. Like, I don't plan anything except the release dates. When the project is ready, the project is ready. Mm, it's what it is. Exactly. Like, it is, it is what it is at that point in time. Mm. And I also feel like it's you having to understand when something is finished. Yeah. Because I feel the, the, the tendency to overproduce things, and not just the, like in a musical sense, but like overdo things. Yeah. You, like, you have good takes. You have good art like you've done like you've done good work the shirts look good the whatever looks yeah. good but this thing in the back of your head and i guess every artist has just like, like the, the per- yeah the obsession with like perfection yeah. which i think is a great thing as far as the evolution of whatever it is that you're doing yeah but it's a horrible thing in the moment when mm-hmm. you're trying to get you know a project out and you can't because in your head is the next song that will make it, it's the next song that will make it like yeah. the project you think it needs to be. Sometimes things are done when they're done. Yeah. And you just have to, like you have to recognize that and just move like accordingly. And just do it. So of all your works, which one is your favorite? Mm, incognito. Why? I feel like it's the most honest. Mm. 
and at least with music where I'm trying to talk about something, that's something I really, really value. Like being able to speak to something. And send a message. And, uh, for, no, again, that, that, that would still involve other people. I'm not even considering them. Like, mm. I'm, I'm a, I don't know if it's weird, but I'm a fan of my own work. I think and everybody I, should be. I, I, yeah, I think, I think everyone should be. But like, I really do make music for myself. Mm. Like the music I make is music that I, like, I do frequently listen to. Yeah. And Incognito is just one of those like projects where it it was almost like subconscious like how like i was making it i i don't think all my other projects from somnos to like whatever is coming next to everything has always been like yeah. in my head i've been very For much you. in my head yeah. yeah when i'm making it like okay i want the beats to sound like this i want the beats to do this i want to i want the vocal to do this on this part incognito was just okay I've made these three beats in the process of making beats for other people and yeah. just like figuring out what I want to do with my next project. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have these beats that all have like this sound mm-hmm. and where I am right now, this matches how I feel. Yeah. I th- like, I think... did, did... Mm-hmm. No, you can go on. Like, it even, like, even with the writing, it was like all three songs were written in the same day. Oh. Written in the same day, recorded one take each same day, mixed my, like, it was like a two day process to make like the project like start to finish. I think it's definitely important to keep that in mind when you're starting projects. Like, who is it for? It's very easy to get lost in the, like, attention that it gets that you forget why you even started in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Are you working on anything currently that you want to share? Uh, not that I want to share because that would spoil it. <laughs> so but it's a I guess yes, actually, oh, yeah, you can't it wait. is. You can't wait. Um, I I would I don't know like I don't I'm very weird about talking about upcoming music with people because I have this tendency to want to talk about it and I can't <laughs> okay. because I don't know like everything everything's like thematic with me like I'm very I'm very like obsessed with my own like symbology and my own like release dates and mm. doing things on the anniversary of this on like it's all very personal mm. like as far as that's, like that's why I said like I don't plan anything except release dates yeah. because the dates things come out are very important to me. Is like it, the time, any, like time. Is there any reason why? Um, or it's just a thing that you have. I don't. I've, I haven't spoken to anyone, like any other artist, about this. So I don't know if it's just me, but I do feel like the days I put things out are like special to me. Like I still remember the day I put homework, like the like my first oh. like proper mixtape out, like October twenty eighth. Like I remember that. Like it's never left my head. So every year, do you celebrate like the birthday of Homewrecker and yeah. all your other pieces? Yeah, that's great. like when the release comes around, it's like, oh, the, you know, it's been three years since this came out. You know, wow. here's a nice chance to revisit it if you have, like, if you haven't listened to it in a while. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, you know, then here's the project. Like, music is like there's no shelf, like there's no shelf life for music. Yeah, definitely. So I should be able to pull a project from five years ago if I'm still proud of it, mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, come listen to this. Mm-hmm. Like, some of those, like in fi- in four years, I'm probably still going to be showing people some of those because it's so far as like putting full musical compositions together, mm-hmm. it's probably my best work to date. Which is how I look at it. So it's always something that I'm going to be proud of. It's the first music I ever like said to my mom, "Hey, yo, come listen to this." <laughs> Every other thing she just found like by accident. But someone's like, I, I said no. I want you to listen to this project. And what did she like, think? Oh, she liked it. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because she was like a huge part of like how we came, like the reason why it came out the way it did. Oh, do you want to give us a little backstory on that? Um. So when she heard Home Record. When she came back to me, because she's always been, I don't want to say, well, now she's in support of it. Yeah. But back then, like, 
she didn't want want to stop me from making music, but she mm-hmm. still thought it was just like you know a hobby thing that I'd eventually age out of or whatever. The Nigerian parent mindset. Mm-hmm. And while she still thought it was a hobby, she like she didn't mind indulging. So like my first ever studio session, she paid for it until oh. I realized that like I couldn't do that yeah. because I, I I'm very uncomfortable creating in front of other people. I can't do it. Mm. I can't rap. I can't write. I can't record. Nothing. Like I have to be on my own yeah. to do it. To be in your own space. Yeah, so just so like I can fully do whatever it is I need to do. Mm-hmm. And so she heard Homewrecker because my younger brother was listening to it. Yeah. And she came back to me and she was like, oh, she doesn't have a problem with me making music, but the things I'm seeing in my music, is that yeah. something I want to carry like five years into the future, uh, 10 years into the future, like when I have a family, like when I have kids, whatever. Yeah. And so that sat with me because, again, it's it's one of those, you know, you get lost in what other people want from your like art yeah. and so you kind of get why you start lose your it. vision exactly and so i had to ask myself when when i listen to music that makes me feel a way yeah. what does that music contain and yeah. it's always music that's talking about something that is not necessarily supposed to make the listener feel something yeah. but it's where the artist themselves is just expressing their own like reality their own truth like so earl sweatshirt vince staples kendrick lamar isaiah yeah. rashad artists who when they speak it's from an internal place and so i said okay i need to find a way to do that with myself and luckily like around the time i just started therapy and so a lot of the tools that i'm using now to have the conversations that allow me make songs like incognito that was where it started Mm. and so it was just putting together a body of work that felt genuine to me in a place that felt genuine to me Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. Golden content, really. I try my best. <laughs> so do you plan on taking this as a full-time career? Yeah. Like I said, I just had that conversation with my mom like a week or two weeks ago. That's but it's great. not but it's not like music because the shelf life on that is... Well, the shelf life for an artist yeah. is not very promising. Mm. Unless you want to be like a Kendrick level artist and the things you need to do to get to that level. <laughs> Or like a Beyonce. Yeah, like, I don't even want to imagine what Beyonce's mental health is like. <laughs> really? Like, I mean, I mean, think about it, like, you think, like, you have to be on tour mm-hmm. for, Beyonce, Beyonce was practicing for her one Coachella performance for eight months, I coming off the back of having twins. And that but that's diet, what I'm like, yeah, that's, 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 that's the kind of, like, that's what you have to put yourself through if mm-hmm. you want to operate at that level. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't just, like, it's not for everyone. Yeah. And I know it's not for me because I don't like being in the public eye. Okay. Like, t- like just, just people recognizing me off Twitter alone, like, kind of annoys me sometimes. Are you serious? And when I, when I meet people who know me and I don't know them, I feel very weird. Mm. Because why do you know me? It's true. Like, if I've never met you before, I don't expect you to know me. And it still kind of gets me when I meet people who know me and I've never seen them before. So I can't even imagine what it's like to be like there yeah. where millions, billions of people mm-hmm. know your face, know your name, know where you were born, know what you ate for breakfast mm-hmm. last week. That's crazy. They basically know more about you than you actually know about yourself. Yeah. And it's, it must be so damaging to like your mental mm-hmm. health and just you as a person. You just get lost in exactly. everything. Not to mention the, the sense of ownership that people have with mm-hmm. your favorite artists. This idea that, you know, they owe you 
their time they owe you music people are still disturbing rihanna for music and it's like mm, like girl look, she's look getting how the much, bag look at how much she has going on for why in the world would she mm-hmm. ever enter a studio for you people ever again mm-hmm. she literally just became named like the richest female artist wasn't it yeah, her net like, worth is like six hundred million dollars, and you think she's going to go back into what the in the studio. what in the world makes you people think she wants to go on tour <laughs> when she can make idea. tour money selling makeup from the comforts of her home mm-hmm. and like, designer clothes? Like she mm-hmm. has, she has no business. And and so for me, that's what it is. Like yeah. at the end, of, music is the vehicle, but music is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. What I want to do is create content, whatever that is, whether it's physical content, whether it's digital, whether it's music. I don't know, but content creation is what I want to do. So, music, not so much. What are you currently studying in uni? Uh, economics and finance. Okay. Okay, that's. Um. So, who who would you say inspires you the most? Uh, like, like, if you could have lunch with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh. Oh. Can I can I like split it so like across different fields? Yeah. Okay, so if. It was from a, like a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. I it would probably be Mike Dean. He does a lot of work with Travis Scott, Kanye West, like a lot of them. Yeah. He's probably the most well-rounded producer of the last, like since Quincy Jones. I'll say that mm-hmm. since Quincy Jones, at least within primarily black music, Mike Dean is probably the most well-rounded. And most efficient, like like he, what he's capable of doing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever seen a Travis Scott performance where, you know, like halfway through the beat of like Antidote or something, there was this really, really crazy like solo that wasn't part of the original beat. That was Mike Dean doing that live. He's mm-hmm. he's ridiculous. That's amazing. So yeah, so if it was production, I want to talk to him. If it was like music, almost definitely like either. Vince Staples or Earl Sweatshirt, like one of the two of them. Mm. And then just for like just for the kicks, <laughs> probably actually no, if it would just for kicks, Beyonce. Just just, <laughs> just for like kicks. why not? Yeah, exactly. Like, like who wouldn't really? Exactly. Like again, th- this is assuming that they know who I am and they actually want to have a <laughs> So yeah. Okay, so uh, like um, Dean Sweatshirt Beyonce. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot now. What are your top five favorite songs at the moment? Who Kid Cudi Playboy Party off top off to, like no and it's not even a song Kid Cudi though <laughs> it's one of them um, yeah Kid Cudi is actually the best no that, that's that, oh, no like not Kid Cudi the artist oh. who I never got to. no Are like there's nothing yeah there's nothing wrong with Kid Cudi but like, I feel like I found his music too late because oh. I was already like 16, 17 when I found out like Kid Cudi properly and I guess I just like aged out because a lot of people who I know who are into him like going to him at twelve, thirteen, like eleven, like real young. No, I was um, just recently. I think you should listen to Man on the Moon too. Which I tried. Really I, I, I tried. I tried listening to all his projects. It just oh, it didn't it, click. <laughs> nah, his music just doesn't do it for me like that. Um, Cold Summers by Oz, by um, Earl Sweatshirt, mm. Kid Cudi by Young Nudie and Playboy Carti. Um. Loco by Vince Staples. Sandy, Rico Nasty. Mm, Rico Nasty. Square Up, Zach Fox, and Kenny Beats. Okay. So, so you, mostly rap. If not yeah. entirely. <laughs> do you ever have like a mind block when you're trying to be creative? And if you do, how do you get your juices flowing again? 
Okay, so I'm going to sound really weird, but <laughs> I guess I, why not? So this is a safe space. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so I believe in this thing that I call the economy of ideas, yeah. where I believe all inspiration comes from the same place mm-hmm. and all ideas go back to the same place. Because if you think of like when every time I think the, the whole idea of there's nothing new under the sun is kind of true. Mm-hmm. Like what is a car except a wheelbarrow that can move on its own oh. or well, not on its own, <laughs> but like, like an automated wheelbarrow, like yeah. the, the, the technology changes, but the basic idea the of it stays the same. Mm-hmm. So if I find myself blocked, I don't, st- I used to stress it. Because I used to think, oh, no, I have to make this song right now. But if I can't do it, like, exactly. But if I can't do it now, my my reasoning is I haven't found the idea that's for me. And when I find the idea that's for me, I'll be able to execute on it. If I have an idea and I can't execute, then it's not mine. Mm. And so I just, like, leave it and let it go back to wherever it is. Do you ever go back to those ideas? No, every once in a while, yeah. Sometimes, like, I'll even make something and then I'll feel like it will be finished, fleshed out, done whatever mm-hmm. then i'll go back and listen to it and I'm like hmm, i'm hearing something different yeah. so i've gotten a different idea but from the same source and so i might go and change something else and come back with it like a completely different beat or a different visual or a different something mm-hmm. so for me the like sometimes i'll make out like six beats yeah. in two days and sometimes i'll go like now nah, i think i've gone maybe like a week or two weeks without making like a single beat and i'm not like stressed about that at all because mm-hmm. when i'm ready to execute and when the idea is there I'll execute. Yeah, I think and so I'm not stressed about that. I think it's important to have that in mind. Like you can't force your creative juices to flow. You just have to really allow them. And this um artists really face that a lot because of the pressure that they receive from like, okay, you've put out a project or your work now and it's gotten a lot of attention and then you are pressured to put out another one with the same quality and it's, it doesn't work like that. Because... I think I think even worse, in no time definitely. But I think even worse is I think streaming just like made everything a lot worse as far as that. Because again, like the shelf life, yeah. well, not let me not say shelf life, but like actually, yeah. So shelf life and lifespan. So how long a song remains good for versus how long a song remains paid at like how long a song has attention paid to it, mm-hmm. very like very differently. So I mean, like I can drop a song now. And in two months, I'm going to have someone in my in my DMs asking me, like, oh, so when are we getting any new music? It's like, I just dropped a song. Like, <laughs> yeah. Two months ago. Like, it's, two months is not that long. Yeah. Right? So now that music can, you can, people can just put music out, like, instantly. easily. Like, so easy. Like, the, exactly. Like, instantly. There's no, there's no waiting. There's no, it, it like, it, it messes with, it messes with you a lot because, mm-hmm. Because then you feel well, like you have to. Exactly, because now you feel like you have to keep putting content in people's faces mm-hmm. so that they keep paying attention to you. Mm. And unless you're Lil Wayne in like 2008, <laughs> like you can't produce like that and be consistent. It's just it's just not possible. Yeah. So either either you're going to have to figure out a way to keep yourself in the public eye mm-hmm. through other content, which is um which is part uh, partially why I got into a lot of the other stuff I do. But you didn't hear me say that. <laughs> Either you figure out a way to enter other content zones and do those just as well so that yeah. at least if you're not doing this one thing, you're doing this other thing. And so you you can still manage to keep, like, court the 
the attention without ever like dipping and having to come back and almost like reassert yourself mm-hmm. or you just suffer from like diminishing returns because eventually like at some point people aren't going to want to listen to the sixth song that you've dropped this month mm-hmm. like okay. so it's just it's just like finding that balance because mm-hmm. it, it is different for everyone like beyonce can go five years without dropping music and yeah. when the new album drops everyone's going to pay attention she still remains irrelevant exactly me not so much so I have to figure out to be like, okay, if I'm if I am going to take five years between like projects or between mm-hmm. any two releases of music, what am I doing in the interim? Both for myself. Exactly, both for myself, so that but when I do come back with new music, it's not like more of the same. Yeah. But also in other things, so that if it is if it does turn out that oh I'm actually done with music for real, for real, I have other things that I can still feel like that you can lean back on. Exactly. So like your graphic designing now? Funny enough, I I think I've stopped that. Are you at serious? least referring to, like referring to myself as a graphic designer that is. Why? Just because I realized I like good graphics, mm-hmm. but I don't care about I don't care enough about it as like as a as a field thing to refer to myself as that because it's not something that I do with the same like intensity that I do music. I started mm-hmm. doing graphic design because I made music and I wanted to have cover art that reflected you know, at first I just wanted cover art. Like, boom. You, you made all your cover art? Since homework, yes, I've been making all my own cover arts. Is there a hidden meaning behind any of them? Um, Somnus, yes. Incognito, yes. The rest, not so much. Can you give us some of that? Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm digging for all the gold. I mean, no problem. But, all right, no problem. Uh, I'll do some notes, but you don't get incognito. Thank you. All right, so with some notes, and then again, because all the disciplines are interconnected, like they always like they kind of reference each other, like in various ways. I think, like there was a there was a quote I saw recently that explains it, like yeah. to me, because I've always thought that but I didn't have like a way to put it into perspective. Mm-hmm. So I forget who said the quote, and I really have to look who said it uh, like up but the idea was when you put any two like symbols in any language together the result is always more than the sum of their parts so it's not a sum but it's a product of the two things so like if i put the letter a and the letter b together the word ab is very different and means a completely different thing from the article a or from the letter a Mm. same thing with the letter b like the the result is always more than what is like put into it Mm -hmm. And so with me, at least since since um, since four seasons, I think, my music always has to have a setting in my head. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm making music, there has to be a place where this entire project is happening. So if I wanted to shoot a short movie for this project, yeah. which is also something I think about every time I'm going through with a project, mm-hmm. where is this? where is all of this happening? And so with Somnus... It's very, as the name implies, like it's very heavily based in the idea and the state of sleep, which is something I don't like doing. And I figured that I found out that my most quote unquote creative hours were always from like late at night, so 10, 11 p.m. to about 6 a.m., mm-hmm. just on the few nights where I pulled out nights. And so I figured if I wanted to get the best results, I would just have to be awake during those times. And so for like a month, I shut myself in my apartment and mm-hmm just like put my head down to make the project and so the project was made finished everything inside like that one month Mm -hmm. and so 
the cover art is literally Somnus. Like, that's where the project is happening. Like, when you look at that cover art, you are looking at the space I imagined that whole project, like, beginning in. It's why, like... Somnus is a place. Yes, it's a place. It's the cover art. Like I said, that's where... The boat is where the listener is Mm -hmm. while Somnus is taking place. Which is why like it starts and ends like it, it has like just like this very maritime feel to it, which I guess also for me is the, like growing up in Lagos and like mm-hmm. all of that, just like waterfront. So for me, that's just always been, I guess, like a place for me. Mm-hmm. And so when I was going to make the project, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I want this place to feel reminiscent of that. And so the cover art came out looking the way it did, and the project came out looking the way it did, and these things are all just like interconnected to me. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. So I want to talk about your podcast now. Okay. 808s and Coffee Breaks. You, yeah, yeah. you have a partner. Is there any particular reason why you started it? Yeah, I want it uh, family friendly. Okay, let me, <laughs> let me hold that. Let me hold that. Let me, let me find like proper euphemisms. I want it to be able to say whatever I would like. Okay, so... I'm very big on like methods of communication and there's a there's a there's a there's an optimal method for any kind of communication. So thinking to myself is like I have a lot of thoughts on music. I have a lot of thoughts on just things that are going on in general. I I'm, I'm just someone who for whatever reason has kind of has an opinion on everything even things that i may not be qualified to have an opinion on but that's mm-hmm. human like behavior we all are like that yeah and so it was like there's no way i'm going to be able to talk about any of these things like these things in depth on a tweet because i'm just going to be tweeting forever mm-hmm. on everything and there's no way you can cover all that nuance like in the written form because you're going to correct yourself you're going to it's just it's just very stressful to do that written and I don't want to rap about this either because it's some things that I don't want to be... I don't want to spend music time rapping about what I thought about Denzel Curry's new album. Like, um, there's no there's no place for that there. Yeah. There is space for it on a podcast, though, which is mm-hmm. structured in a way that you're just allowed to come and fully be yourself. So it was like, okay, start a podcast. But I can't have a podcast on my own. So um, after a while, I found my, my initial co-host, Ushe, you know... Looking out for him, he had he had he still has some things going on, so we haven't been able to podcast as much. Yeah. And that was when um, Simi came into the fold, mm-hmm. and so he's been my like my running co-host since then. Thank you. Okay, so I think we've actually come to the end of this episode, but I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. For all the upcoming creators out there, is there any advice that you want to share on things that you wish that you knew or that you could have avoided when you were coming into the industry Um, if you can do it yourself do it yourself like i i understand i understand the the hype quote unquote around collaboration but in my opinion collaboration seems to be more of a thing of dependency Mm. i would much rather know like now for instance i'm perfectly fine working with other producers so far as what they're producing matches whatever vibe i'm going for because now i know enough to about producing that i can meet another producer we can have a conversation on production and we're speaking from the same like knowledge standpoint and even if you don't want to do it yourself because i understand that it's time and not every artist wants to go ahead and produce their own beats or do their own covers yada 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 at the very least learn the technical terms Mm -hmm. 
like if you're an artist do your research yeah not even just like your research and one of my because the person i'm talking i have in mind is a friend of mine so i don't want him to think that i'm like shading him Mm -hmm. but like if you're an artist like no understand how to count music understand what makes four bars understand you know tempo Mm -hmm. if you're a graphic designer who's looking to work with artists understand how um understand how to get theme and vibe from a song so never like never ask the artist to describe the song to you tell them to send you the song listen to it design based off that if you're an artist talking to engineers understand what compression is understand what eq is understand you know what reverb is and why these things are applied you don't have to know how to do it but at least know why they are the way they are so that that way when you're having these conversations with other creatives you can speak in a way that's like knowledgeable Mm -hmm. just like know things outside what you do it like knowledge is is in is priceless thank you so much for coming on thank you thank you for having me it's really been amazing and this was fun, honestly. <laughs> thank you. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Shidara Razlike, and I co- hope you come back again to hear from me. Um, you guys should. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'll put new socials in the description and make sure to share this episode. And yeah, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.